Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can now read me on the Fox Sports app and at foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. A lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA, and that is here. Well, I hope all of you who celebrate Thanksgiving, and I use that qualifier and acknowledgement of my listeners overseas and in foreign lands, of which there are a fair number, I hope all of you had a happy and healthy holiday. Mine was very non-traditional as far as my family goes. Since having kids, we've never not all been together for the holiday. This was the first time. My wife spent it with my daughter, who is a redshirt freshman basketball player and couldn't get away, and I spent it with my son, who was in the throes of high school playoff football. My wife and daughter did it right, no surprise. Five-course Thanksgiving dinner at a four-star restaurant, Me and my son did it the way you'd expect two guys spoiled by my wife's culinary skills. As in, we slapped something together when we got hungry enough. We actually were covered for the better part of the day because he had practice in the morning. Yes, practice on Thanksgiving. And the school, perhaps feeling bad, provided a breakfast for the parents and made it an open practice. As I said, to ease the sting, I suppose, of having a practice on Thanksgiving. But I know none of that is why you listen to this podcast, so let's get to it. It is, however, going to be an indulgent episode, so you are forewarned. Every now and then, I get a text or a call about something out of the blue that strikes every skeptical bone in my body, but being something I hadn't even considered also intrigues the hell out of me. Now, normally, I'd ask a lot of questions and make a few calls, and once I was satisfied that the rumor had no basis in reality, I'd chalk it up as just another one of those wild tidbits that comes across my desk or lights up my phone from time to time. But that's the beauty of having this podcast. If the rumor is interesting enough to contemplate as if it were true, 
this is a perfect place to talk about it. In this case, the text out of the blue was about the Lakers potentially making a head coaching change. Well, let me amend that. Having actually proposed a coaching change. It's why I've decided to postpone the promised look at the Dallas Mavericks and the relationship between Jason Kidd and Luka Doncic and, by extension, Luka's relationship with the rest of the team to dive into this topic instead. Now, for Lakers fans, this is not a startling subject of conversation. Some have been calling for Frank Vogel's head for weeks now. I told you at the start of the season how problematic it would be for him to coach this particular team for two major reasons. The first being that Frank likes to come into a game with a specific rotation and substitution pattern in mind and rarely strays from it. The host of players whose performances can be extremely volatile from game to game, beginning with Russ Westbrook's and at this stage of his career in a supporting role, Carmelo Anthony's, that's a problem. If one of them is having an off night or a really bad quarter, it hasn't been Frank's nature to change his plan on the fly and go with another plan. Looking at their roster, I'm not sure there's a single player outside of LeBron that Frank can count on getting a certain level of production from on any given night. Russ? No. Mello? No. AD? No. Malik Monk? Nope. DeAndre Jordan? Uh Uh-uh. Taylor Horton Tucker? Certainly not. Avery Bradley? Nope. And I just named four of their five main starters and six of their top seven players in average minutes played. In some ways, it's understandable with Russ and Mello and AD as far as how Frank handles them. With volume shooters, as all of them are, they are as capable of shooting you back into a game as they are shooting you out of it, even in the same game. The second reason is that Frank doesn't have the juice to do, say, what Tom Thibodeau did with his starters not that long ago. Bench the lot of them and go with a brigade of subs. I'm sure Mello already feels as if he's doing Frank a solid by coming off the bench. He assuredly wouldn't take, say, not playing in the fourth quarter of a close game well at all. And the problem with that is that the Lakers don't have a margin of error to play with. As some fans have rightly noted, there have been lineups at certain points that have resulted in the other team making a run that wipes out a Lakers lead or creates an early hole in which they have to climb out of. That goes for when Russ and Mello have it going on a particular night as well. At their age, unilaterally deciding to just ride them isn't prudent either, particularly in the first three quarters. Frank has to be mindful that they only have a certain amount of gas in their respective tanks. Play one of them a nine-minute stretch because they're hot might mean not having them at peak performance in the final minutes. This generally shows up on the defensive end, where the Lakers are already struggling. I'd argue it's why they've already played five overtime games, the most of any team in the league, and four of them have come against relatively young, mediocre opponents. This is something that I think most fans don't consider when reacting to a particular game. An NBA head coach can't, in most cases, just make decisions based on that one particular game, or even a situation. Who gets to play? especially when it comes to ancillary players, can depend on how they're practicing, 
how hard they're working. It's why young players don't develop on bad teams. They get minutes, lots of them, when they haven't necessarily earned them. It's the one carrot a coach has to work with. Tibbs uses them to an extreme. Same with Rick Carlisle. A lot of coaches don't have the latitude to use that carrot to its fullest extent. I suspect that's the case with Frank, which takes a vital tool, maybe the most vital, out of his toolkit. What he also doesn't have is the unilateral ability to call plays, at least not from what I've seen. Whether it's by choice or because he knows he can't dictate to Russ or LeBron what he wants in a certain situation and therefore doesn't want to lose whatever semblance of authority he has with the rest of the team by having them ignore him. I rarely see anyone look to the bench to see what he wants them to run in a particular situation. All of that is why I've been loath to blame Frank for all of their shortcomings. He's coaching in survival mode. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What no one who wants him gone has suggested that I've seen is who the Lakers should turn to instead. For good reason. What coach has the pedigree and personality to come in and crack the whip on the Lakers' array of top 75 all-time players? Phil Jackson isn't walking through that door. Name another coach currently not employed that those players would listen to more than Frank. That's what made the text so interesting. What it said is that it has been suggested to Jeannie Buss, the Lakers' governor and majority owner, is that LeBron take over as player-coach, with Bill Lambeer coming in as his second-in-command. For those who don't know, Bill is a huge fan of LeBron's. He has not been shy about saying he's clearly a better player than Michael Jordan. That will earn you a ton of points in the clutch agency camp, obviously. Now, even making Bill a second-in-command would be a hard sell, I would think, seeing as he is currently the head coach of the Las Vegas Aces in the WNBA, which lost in the semifinals to the Phoenix Mercury last month. Bill has never been an NBA head coach, nor even an assistant. He does have two rings as a player with the Detroit Pistons. I imagine this is one of those ideas that was thrown out just to see if Jeannie would bite and nothing more. You know, the what if run it up the flagpole and see if anyone salutes conversations I'm sure you have with your friends. Well, NBA people have those kind of conversations too. They call it brainstorming. 99% of the ideas tossed around never go beyond spitballing. I'm of the mind that this is in that camp. It's intriguing only because it involves LeBron, who seems to be forever looking for ways to distinguish himself with achievements that Jordan can't lay claim to. Player coach, the first since Lenny Wilkins, if I'm not mistaken, would undoubtedly catch his attention. 
Wilkins last did it in the 70s for the Portland Trailblazers after having done it for the Seattle Supersonics a few years earlier. My first inclination is to think that LeBron would love the distinction, but not the actual headache that it would require, or the bullseye it might put on him. For the same reason he never entered the dunk contest. There's a put-up or shut-up element to it. In the same way LeBron has been lauded as one of the all-time most fearsome dunkers, without ever actually competing in that particular competition, his much-lauded basketball IQ and leadership abilities would become the center of attention as player-coach. Why risk all that with a team that he has to know, deep down, is inherently flawed? What is LeBron going to do or say that he couldn't have already done or said to get AD to play hard on a consistent basis, or to get Russ to make better decisions? Even with someone as no-nonsense as Bill wielding the hammer at LeBron's discretion, why would any of those guys listen to Bill more than they're listening to Frank? Doug Collins was a more accomplished coach, four stints as an NBA head coach, and had Jordan's seal of approval for two of them with the Bulls and Wizards, and it still wasn't enough. All that said, I'd love to see it happen, if for nothing else than the spectacle and historic value of it. As I've said many times, the league is more interesting when the Lakers are. And what other alternatives do the Lakers have? Plenty of executives and coaches are still scratching their heads that LeBron, as well as he understands the game, actually thought bringing Westbrook into the fold would work on a championship level at this point in Westbrook's career. Some of them might have expected it to work better than it has to this point in the regular season, but I haven't talked to any that thought it would work once the playoffs started. And maybe LeBron realizes that this experiment isn't going to work either. The Lakers have had one of the softest schedules imaginable and just reached 500 by squeaking past the Detroit Pistons at home. If they were ever going to muster a beatdown, you'd think it would be facing a Pistons team they just squeaked by a week ago in the Motor City, with Pistons big man Isaiah Stewart wanting a piece of LeBron after being bloodied by his elbow in the back of his hand. A Pistons team that is the worst shooting team in the league, both in threes and overall. A Pistons team that has now lost six in a row. But the Lakers are more dependent on LeBron than they've ever been. He was a plus 14 against the Pistons. The next best player was DeAndre Jordan at plus 8. LeBron is playing more minutes than he has since he came to L.A. His shooting percentage is the lowest it has been since his rookie year. He's averaging the fewest free throws he has in his career. His assists are the fewest in more than a decade. He has to be looking at the Warriors and the Suns, the two best teams in the league right now, and both in the Western Conference, obviously, and thinking he doesn't have enough to get past either one of them. All that is the only reason I could see him considering the player-coach card. If this season isn't going to result in a title run, why not find another feather to put in his cap, a feather that Jordan does not have in his a feather that no player has had since the 70s. If it didn't work, I don't know that he'd take the hit, probably from some, 
but not from most. Not if the Lakers rolled into Christmas still fighting to stay around 500, which is a very real possibility. By then, everyone would have reached the same conclusion. This isn't a Lakers team capable of going anywhere meaningful. And what if they did make him player coach? And what if they improved by whatever measure? What if something magical even happened? It would be on par with going into the Orlando bubble and coming out with a ring. And we all know what that did for LeBron. Like I said, it's not something likely to happen. And it probably is indulgent of me to even discuss it. Sort of like that extra piece of pumpkin pie or two on Thanksgiving. Maybe it's not even a remote chance of happening. But it's fun to contemplate. No? What ifs always are. All right. That does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United WeCast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. In the next episode, we may get to that Dallas Mavericks subject that I mentioned earlier. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.